What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dame to the Bucks. Tua legit to quit. And Notre Dame falls one man short. Hi, I'm Justin Gagliardo, a.k.a. Sauce. And I'm Ben Poff, a.k.a. Ben. And this is the Hot Take Artist Podcast. But first things first, we would like to give a warm welcome to today's special guest, Evan Hopkins. Woo! Let's go. Evan, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. How does it feel to be our second special guest of the semester? I mean, I'm feeling great. I mean, Sauce over here was telling me that, you know. Uh, first is the worst, second is the best, you know, whatever. Oh, like, you know. wow. <laughs> little rivalry so. between Luke and Evan. <laughs> it's a bold, bold statement. Bold statement. So we like to have a little fun here, and we like to ask some burning hot questions uh, before we get into the main segment. Mm-hmm. Some about some s- sports, some not. Um, Sauce, would you like to take it away? And explain yeah, how I this mean, works? we are the Hot Take Artist yes, podcast, we so we got to ask some burning hot questions. So basically, the way it works is we'll ask rapid-fire questions. There'll be about 8 to 10 or so questions, depending on how it goes. And you can feel free to pass on any questions. If you if you don't like a question, these are all up in the air. But, you know, feel free to give whatever answer you want. Make it brief, short, and we'll move on to the next question. You ready to go, Evan? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. Let's Let's kick things off. First off, we're going hot and heavy now. Why the Miami Dolphins, and how did you become a Miami Dolphins fan? Ooh, okay. Um, well, first of all, I mean, the Miami Dolphins, I mean, they're, they're the best team in the league right now. Um, don't at me. Um, why I'm a Miami Dolphins fan? Uh, it's my dad. I mean, it doesn't really make sense. I'm a Pennsylvanian, and I'm a Miami <laughs> Dolphins fan. Um, but, yeah, my dad's a Miami fan. He, that doesn't really make sense for him either. He went there when he was a kid. He likes them. Um, but I would be a Commanders fan if not for my dad. Uh, Thank the goodness. Dolphins, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Second question. Who is your all-time favorite athlete? Any sport? I, I assume it's probably going to be a Dolphin, but... All-time favorite? Ugh. Man, I got to think about that one for a second. Um, man, that's tough. This is why it's burning hot questions. <laughs> burning hot, burning questions. hot questions. It's a tough question. I mean, off the top of my head, one of the first people is Dan Marino. Oh, um, yeah. I like Dan Marino. 
Um, I mean, right now, I feel like Tyreek Hill is a pretty easy layup. Yeah. yeah. So, I what, mean, he's just fun to watch. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? You a big fan of that Fitzmagic? Oh, I do love some of that Fitzmagic. <laughs> uh, like the 40-yard pass while his face oh, mask was getting pulled. Oh, yeah. I you guys remember that. I do remember mm-hmm. that. That was, that, was a great, that was a great moment. Yes, sir. All right, now let's get a little bit more personal here. What's the best Lottie Nelson meal? Or just the best meal in general if you like a Union or Falcon meal? I mean, if we're talking Lottie, I mean, you got to go popcorn chicken bowl. Mm. I mean, Ooh, that's just, I mean, pick. I feel like mm-hmm. there's nothing that can beat that. Um, if we're not talking Lottie, I feel like the flatbread at Falcon, I mean, is also pretty unbeatable. It's, it's so good. Mm, yeah. No, that's some good takes right there. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that, it's noon. On a Friday, you don't have another class the rest of the day. I don't know what your schedule looks like, so okay. I can't say that for sure. But it's <laughs> sure. noon on a Friday. You need to go to lunch. On a normal day, let's, you know, you know, it's not like the best Lottie meal, but it's not the worst either. It's an average Lottie meal. Are you going Lottie, Union, or Falcon? Um, I think there's a lot of factors that kind of oh, kind yeah. of comes into this. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think it depends on, like, you know, who's going to Lottie with me. You know, mm. Your friends say they don't care. They'll wow. go to any of them with you. Okay, so if it's if it's if, all on you, so you're going by yourself then. If it's all on me, um, if my friends are going with me or wherever, um, it ultimately will depend on the meal. I mean, Fridays tend to be that like grilled chicken and macaroni mm-hmm. and cheese. Um, that grilled chicken is normally pretty dry, and the mac is like okay. Um, so it's kind of a fifty-fifty swap. I'd say probably Falcon, maybe. Okay, it's a good pick. Okay, good pick. that's good. We got one vote for a Union, one vote for Falcon. Yeah. I like how you're methodical about these answers too. You're you're thinking through. You want to give the the viewer the best possible mm. answer, and I appreciate that. I mean, I can give you a hot take as well for lunch. I mean, oh, okay. I I don't think you should ever eat at Union for lunch. Oh, Ooh, I don't okay. hate that. I don't hate that. I don't hate that take. That's a yeah. I I'll, never I'll thought about because Falcon's not open for dinner. That's true, exactly. That's, when that's, I go to Union, it's mainly for dinner. That's so. a that's a good take. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Here's another good question though. All right, so hypothetically, I got my man Tyreek Hill and me. We're, we're running in a race. Mm-hmm. We're, we're two teammates, right? Each of us runs half the race. You have to choose any player in the NFL to be your partner, Evan. Who do you think gives you the best chance against me and Tyreek Hill? I mean, that's tough against <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Um, mm-hmm. Are we talking about anyone ever? Like, You know what? Yeah, we can go all time. That would be fun. Uh, Usain Bolt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, NFL players, NFL players. NFL players, okay. Um, oh, if we're going NFL players, I mean, my boy A-Chain. Mm, um, yes, he's sir. looking pretty good. Maybe yes, Mostert. Um, yeah, he's got yeah, some fast guys. Waddle, I'm thinking about maybe, it. Maybe Waddle, I don't know. I, I think probably, probably A-Chain or a Mostert. They both attract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good pick. If you're going all-time, I think Bo Jackson's a good option, too. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's 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 do another hypothetical here, real quick. You're at a Dolphins game. Mm-hmm. It's halftime. It's it was a 4:30 start, so it's like <laughs> you know it's like it's like it's dinner time, right? Okay. And uh, you've got like 30 bucks to spend at the game for food. What what's your go-to sporting event food? Mm. I mean, typically most sporting events, I feel like you can only buy like a bottle of water for 30 bucks. <laughs> uh, I think that's what Luke said too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, realistically, I feel like you gotta go. I mean, I think. The hot dog's pretty traditional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I, I honestly don't go to many sporting events, so I feel like it kind of depends on what there is. I mean, yeah. I'm always a big mm-hmm. chicken sandwich guy. Like, if there's an Ooh, option for yeah. chicken sandwich, yeah. I mean, I'll take you up on that offer. Um, but 
Yeah, I think just kind of basic. Yeah. No, that mm-hmm. yeah makes sense. No, you got to get the hot dog too. That's such a, mm-hmm. such a classic. All right, here's another tough question. This will be my final question. What is your favorite sports moment or memory? It can be playing a sport. It can be watching a sport. Just a pretty cool moment. Hmm. Uh, first one that comes to my mind uh, would be the Miami Miracle. I mean, oh yeah, that was that was a that was a blast. Um, or last year uh, watching that Ravens game with the comeback. Oh uh, yeah, that too. was fantastic. Uh, that I was watching live with. I think I was with you. Yeah, you were with me. And not only that, that was the same week the Jets beat the Browns with the onside that onside kick. That was. Oh, Browns yeah. had a 99.9% chance. <laughs> and the Jets get it done. And then a few minutes later, we're watching the Dolphins and everyone's going crazy. Yeah. What a moment. Yeah, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. And then my last question that I will do before we get into introductions. Um, this is just a quick and easy answer. Are boneless wings really wings? Yes, <laughs> Wow. wow. Okay, so no it's one versus one right now. No Luke hesitation. thought they weren't wings. Yeah. So this is this is a very controversial hey, topic we're need stirring to, up. You don't even need to elaborate. We'll we'll mm-hmm. go from there. Mm-hmm. Alright, well that was an epic showing of our burning hot questions. Thank you, Evan. And so I just want to remind the viewers and Evan as well, the sauce chain is back up for grabs this week and our first guest, Luke Wilson, was kind enough to give me the sauce chain this week. So I am currently sporting the sauce chain. And let me tell you right now, my face is like lit up like a Christmas tree because I am so happy. But Evan has the ability to take that away from me and give it to Ben mm. if he so wants to this week. Basically, the way it is, is, you know, just a, just it can either be a vibe, like who won the sauce, who brought the sauce, or the hot takes this podcast or you can just go who had the better hot takes or better opinions. It's really up to the, the special guest, but we like to keep things competitive on the podcast. And then the other thing I'll mention is we have an Instagram page now, Hot Take Artist Podcast. We had it last year, but we really didn't promote it too much. We're only at 33 followers, guys. So if we can get that number up, we'd be super appreciative. And then we don't have to plug it in future episodes. So that'd be kind of dope. Yeah, sounds good. Um, and now let's get into our recap from the past week of sports. And let's start off with something that literally broke less mm-hmm. than an hour ago. It's already broken the internet. I- I'm telling you, I-, I got a text from one of my buddies and he said, bro, this is crazy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is? He goes, bro, you didn't see? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I go to Instagram and it's just flooded with Damian Lillard trade announcement. Damian Lillard has finally been traded mm-hmm. from the Portland Trailblazers. He's going to be, drumroll please, a Milwaukee Buck. Who saw that coming? The final trade Shocking. ended up being Damian Lillard to the Bucks. The Blazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, a 2029 Milwaukee first-round pick, a 2028 Milwaukee pick swap, and a 2030 Milwaukee pick swap. Mm. And then the third team involved was the Phoenix Suns. They received Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I could talk about this trade for hours. <laughs> I will not. I'll keep it short. But first, Sauce, do you have any, do you have any opinions before I go into my little rant? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one obvious winner here, and it's the Milwaukee Bucks. 
And listen, this is what happens. You want to be stingy. You want to play hard by Miami. Well, guess what? We got the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're willing to give up Drew Holiday. So that's what just happened. You give me Damian Lillard. You give me Giannis Antetokounmpo. And in my opinion, this is going to be the best team in basketball next year. I, I take this team right now to win the NBA Finals. That's how happy I am for the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Now, I'm not a Milwaukee Bucks fan, but it is a pretty good feeling if you're a Bucks fan because Giannis, he says he potentially would leave the Bucks in 2025. So we have almost like a Damian Lillard deja vu as if you don't put pieces around me to win in a championship, then I'm out. And so the Bucks did the best thing for their franchise because if they lose Giannis, that franchise is going down the drains. So really big move for the Bucks and a great job overall. A plus move. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go into my little spiel. There have been very few moves that have left me as mind blown as this one. This my jaw physically dropped. <laughs> like you hear the term jaw. I didn't believe news. it at first. Someone I, I said either. sent a picture of it, and I'm like. Who photoshopped that? That yeah. was my reaction. I'm like, this can't be real. And I look it up, breach a report, and <laughs> sure enough, it happened. I, it's shout out to the the three teams involved for kind of keeping this on the DL. Like I, like I feel like a lot of the trades end up getting like reported or rumored like weeks beforehand. But I mean, I I had no expectations of him becoming a buck this week. So I, I'm impressed that the teams were able to negotiate this and figure this out on the DL. Um, so from the Bucks standpoint, obviously it's a major win. They were able to upgrade at the point guards point guard spot um, without having to give up too many assets. I mean, obviously it's very disappointing to lose Drew Holiday. I know he was a fan mm-hmm. favorite, but there's no doubt that Damian Lillard's an upgrade. And they gave up what like Holiday, a couple picks, which probably aren't going to be great picks anyway. And Grayson Allen, like it's not like they they gave up a ton of assets to upgrade. So great job from the Bucks. I, you, you mentioned about keeping Giannis happy. Um, I think that he was starting to get to the point where he was considering asking out. So, yeah, this is huge to keep him happy. And they immediately have one of the best, like, starting lineups in basketball. Damian Lillard and Giannis are going to be such an incredible duo. You mm-hmm. pair them with guys like Brooke Lopez, a great defender. Yeah. Chris Middleton, who was an all-star like two years ago. Bobby Portis, who's one of the bench best bench guys in the league. Pat Connington. Um, Malik Beasley's there now this year. I mean, that is a stacked stacked roster and now finally Damian Lillard I mean this is by far the best teammate he's ever played with this, this is, is better than the Miami Heat in my opinion yeah oh I agree 100% and this is by far the best teammate he's ever played with and this is by far the best teammate that Giannis has ever played with and so along with keeping Middleton Lopez it's just an, an incredible job from the Bucks um, and a great upgrade um, from the other team's <laughs> side of things, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, from the from the Trailblazer side of things, I'm gonna give them an incomplete at this point. Um, right now, they are immediate. Uh, from what I've heard, they're immediately trying to flip yeah. Drew Holiday, which for good reason. Give guys like Scoot Henderson um, the chance to to improve and, and play a lot of minutes next year. I'm not really sure where DeAndre Ayton fits in this team. Um, I know he's still fairly young and has some potential, but he's proven he's not going to be the guy that like moves the needle. So I- I'm not really sure where he fits on that team. I'm guessing they're going to play him, but 
it wouldn't surprise me if he's gone by the deadline. It really wouldn't. Um, I don't really know who out there is is in the market for a guy like him. It's a good job from the from the Suns' point of view to get rid of him because he just didn't mesh with guys like Durant and, and Booker. But not really sure where he fits in there. Blazers. Well, I, I'll, I'll talk about the Blazers. I should do um, in a minute, in my opinion. Um, and then from the Phoenix Suns' perspective, I mean, they trade away a, a good player for some depth. I, I mean, I Aiton wasn't doing them any favors. He, he, he wasn't. wasn't. He really wasn't. Um, I mean, Nurkic, he, he's got his he's got his flaws for sure. Um, he's certainly not an upgrade, but I don't know. I don't think this trade really moves the needle for me too much. They they had some depth, but they already had some decent depth. Um, I think it was a fine trade for the Suns. I'm not going to give them an A, but I'm not going to give them like a C or a D. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd put their put them somewhere in like the B to maybe B plus range. Mm-hmm. Um, now. And now the you know the news is just gonna kind of keep coming in because now we have to wait and see what the Trailblazers do with Drew Holiday. Yeah. If I'm the Trailblazers, I'm gonna give the Heat a call and say the package you were gonna give us for Dame, we'll give you Drew Holiday for that. No. Drew Holiday. So okay. Because for me, Damian Lillard is a much more valuable player that helps your team compete than Drew Holiday. Yeah. Drew Holiday is a good, great player. Don't get me wrong, but Damian Lillard is a franchise cornerstone. There are very few players that I want in the clutch time than Damian Lillard, if any, right now. Just the way he he has shown up time and time again in the clutch. And Drew Holiday, he doesn't have like that Mamba mentality. He's a great player, a really really good defender, but for me, he fits in as more of like the second best player on the team. Whereas Damian Lillard got that alpha dog in him. Okay, l- l- let me backtrack a little bit. Let me backtrack a little bit. I. I'm saying that the the Trailblazers should call up the Heat and say, give us that same package that you're going to give us for Dame. I'm not saying that the mm-hmm. Heat should necessarily do it. Okay, okay. But let's be honest. The package that the Heat were going to give for Damian Lillard is more suitable for a guy like yeah. Drew Holiday. Because they were playing hardball. Ball. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think now, if you throw Drew Holiday in there instead of Damian Lillard, the deal becomes a lot more fair. And now suddenly, the... the um, the Trailblazers, they're a huge winner of this deal. They basically get two return packages for yeah. one. The Heat still upgrade. I'm not saying they should definitely do it, but Drew Holiday is a proven winner. He's proven that he can be the second, third option on a championship team. And Jimmy Butler is still there. Bam Adebayo is still there. So I think it's still it's still something that they can consider. So something that they should at least consider. And maybe it's not the exact same package they were offering for Dame, but, you know, I, I would be willing to give up some significant pieces for Drew Holiday. In my opinion, the Miami Heat are the biggest losers of this trade. Yeah. Because for me, to go from Damian Lillard to Drew Holiday is a big downgrade. However, with that being said, Drew Holiday would fit in perfectly for the Miami Heat. I think if they were to get Dame... Some people would even call them the front runner for this upcoming season. I think if they were to get Drew Holiday now, they're maybe a top five team. I could go either way. But yeah, if you pair up Butler, Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Tyler Hero. I mean, having Bam Adebayo and Drew Holiday on the same team, those are two elite defenders. Going to work out really great in Eric's bolster system because this is a team that's all about that that those selfless guys. And just having that hunger to win. And I think Holiday fits in perfectly with what they're trying to do. I want to throw out a quick little, like, uh, I was brainstorming scenarios. 
Mm-hmm. Right, what are your thoughts on this one? Like a little little three team trade action. Drew Holiday to Philly, back to Philly, back where he got his start. Ooh. James Harden to Miami. Wow. And Tyler Harrow and Picks to Portland. You know, that's actually pretty pretty nice. I I kind of uh-huh. it kind of works out for everyone. You must team. have thought of that pretty quickly too cuz <laughs> literally so just for perspective, it's Wednesday at 3:30 right now and the trade literally just came out an hour ago. So we were all coming to the podcast studio as this was happening. So I give you credit for coming up with that in such a short period of time. I'm going to be honest. I haven't <laughs> thought of much since the trade besides but, the but trade. But James Harden makes sense because you know you got to trade James Harden. At least that's what should be going on in the heads of Daryl Morey. He's yeah. not going to show up for media at press conferences. So he's still gung-ho on not wanting to be there. And you know Drew Holiday is going to get traded. It doesn't make sense for the Trailblazers either. I feel like Drew Holiday adds a more like calming presence to a Sixers team that's been... Kind of lack thereof, yeah. Yeah, and so he's, you know, he 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 might not be as good as Harden, but that's a swap I'm willing to make if I'm the 76ers. I'm willing to downgrade a little mm-hmm. bit in talent for a guy that's a little bit more level-headed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Heat obviously want to go all in, and so Harden's maybe that guy. You know, I don't maybe don't love the Harden-Butler fit, but I think they could definitely make it work. And then, you know, for the Trailblazers, it's just about getting assets, get Harrow, get some picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it could be a win-win-win. And here's the irony, too. Drew Holiday, just a few days ago, he says, I want to be a Milwaukee Buck for the rest of my yeah. life. Which is ironic because that's just the way the sports world works. It's a business. But what's funny is James Harden, this is a guy who doesn't want to play for any team for more than two years. Yeah. So to get that swap is perfect, I think, yeah. for the 76ers if they're able to pull that off. Yeah, for sure. But now you want to pivot a little bit. I said we do some NFL action before college football action. Yeah, sounds a little good. Bit. We'll, we'll go back and forth between some NFL and college football. But since we're in the presence of a diehard Miami Dolphins fan, I just want to know what your initial thoughts were when you saw the Dolphins win 70-20 to 20 against the Denver Broncos, Evan. How does it feel? I mean, that was an ecstatic game. I mean, I was home with my dad watching that game. Um just kind of just living it up. I mean, we were just enjoying it. I mean, third play of the game, 50-yard touchdown to Tyree Kill. We are like, oh, dang, this is a great start. Immediately score an extra. <laughs> like, and then it just starts, just keeps steamrolling. We just keep getting scores. And it's like, man, what's going on here? Uh, I think it was about, like, the 40-point 40 40 mark. And my dad turns to me. He's like, you know, at the beginning of this, I almost said, every time we score, you got to do push-ups equal to the score. <laughs> and I did the Ooh. math. And we would have had to do 385 push-ups oh my gosh. by the end of that game if we had done that. So uh, I'm great. Maybe next week, but <laughs> um, yeah, I I was ecstatic. I mean, the no look shovel pass um, to to A chain. I mean, for the touchdown was some Patrick Mahomes. You know, Tom <laughs> Fury. I loved it. Tua and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence. Wow. Hey, Tyreek Hill said even last year that. Who is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? He did say that. That is mm. crazy. Yeah, and I, I mean, want to see him stay healthy. Look who's in the MVP race right now. Mm-hmm. The leader of the MVP race. And guess what? I I found a stat, and this is crazy because it shows you that just how good he is. And I think we were taking for granted to to our last year because he had all those injuries and the concussions. So that was definitely a big part. But here are this stat: 2022 Tour Tagovailoa versus 2023. Both of which started 3-0. Both of which in their first three games threw 72 completions. 
out of 101 passing attempts and had an eight touchdown passing touchdowns to two interceptions for a ratio. So the exact same Dang. stats, hmm. almost exactly. I did not know that. And last year when he did that, there was like, oh, I don't know, can Tua really do it? But now that he's done it again this year, I think it's even more impressive. So I think this is the year that he's finally starting to get his due respect because he deserved it last year. But now he's now after you, I mean, anyone who beats sev- someone seventy to twenty is going to get their <laughs> due respect. But good thing, good, uh, good for Tua there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy for him, and I I remember in that during that draft. Um, like the Burrow Herbert Tua draft, I said mm. before the draft that Tua was going to be the best quarterback out of the three. Mm. Um, mm. And then, literally a few months into the season, I like completely switched on that. I was like, no, 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 no. like <laughs> it's obviously Herbert and Burrow. Or I mm. guess at that point it was obviously Herbert, and then obviously Burrow went to the Super Bowl. What a great and, quarterback class! Oh, it really has been. It really yeah. has been. Um, I'm still not saying that two is going to be the best out of the three, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just appreciate greatness because that that's gonna could end up being one of the the better draft classes of all time. Evan, if you had to do it over, would you take? Because I think the Dolphins were before the Chargers, am I right, or was yep. it the opposite yep. way we, around? We chose two of the pick before Herbert was picked. Would you, if you had to do it over, would you go Herbert or Tua? Uh, absolutely, Tua, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, no, I respect. That. I like that. You know, Herbert strikes me as a guy who's just consistently solid going to be a consistent top 10 quarterback but Tua got that major upside so I yeah, like that I mean my, my kind of thought on that is I don't know where I heard this but it was like if you want to be like an all time like great or like one of the best in the league you got to be like elite and the best at one thing that no one else is yeah and Tua's got that in accuracy and decision making because mm-hmm. I think he's you know he's the fastest getting the ball out of his hands and he's able to get it there pretty quick mm-hmm. and I feel like not to not to you know trash on Herbert, dude's literally amazing. I mean, he's crazy. He's got his own you know records and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I can't say that Herbert has that one thing that he's exponentially better at than anyone else in the league. Mm-hmm. But he's still a solid you know top ten quarterback for sure. And I think that the Dolphins' front office deserves a lot of credit for surrounding mm-hmm. Tua with the perfect guys. Definitely, to fit this is his a system for Tua. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's finally, we're finally seeing that come to fruition. And I respect the front office for being willing to take these big home run, like these big home run trades, like, you know, trading for Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, it took a they lot, put of, a lot guts. of faith into it. They really did. And it's, we're now seeing the, the, the fruits of that. And so, yeah, they're, they're legit. hundred percent. They're legit. I'm still going Justin Herbert. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, no offense, Evan. Mm. I just think everything okay. Justin Herbert's done. He's such a fantastic quarterback. But give it time, and if Tua stays healthy, gets the job done this year, we could be having a different discussion in a year. But it's going to be interesting to see like which which one of them can like make a deep playoff run first, because neither of them have even won a yeah. playoff game. So that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Did you know that through like the first, I don't even might have been up to last season, Justin Herbert at any point in his career has never had an overall winning record, mm. right? Because he started off really rough. And then last year he had a winning record, of course. But throughout his career, he's like about a 500. Like he wins about 50% of the games. Mm. And that's crazy to me. For Herbert to be an elite guy, some people would have him up there close to J- Joe Burrow. For him not to get wins, that's telling. And I think ultimately it comes down to a lot of coaching. Brandon Staley is a not a good coach. No <laughs> offense. If I'm the Chargers, I'm yeah. already looking at some replacement coaches. Because they almost just lost to the Vikings and went 0-3. 
after sure. Herbert played phenomenally, missed like maybe five passes the whole game. Like that's mm. about as good of a game as you can play. Their defense is also hasn't gotten it done. So it is, really is surprising. But I think because the pieces around Tua are better, that's that's the reason why we're getting to see him shine more than Herbert. But I know, mean it's a good debate that could go on for years. Maybe maybe just to add to that, I feel like I feel like the Chargers got Maybe not equally the same kind of firepower the Dolphins have, but they I think do have firepower. Yeah, but they got a lot. I mean, Austin Eckler. I mean, easily better than you know Mostert is. As much as I love Mostert, but like, mm-hmm. you know, they got arguably the best receiving slash running back in the league at that position. And Keenan Allen and Mike mm-hmm. Williams. I mean, Mike well, Williams is the guy to get it done. Well, Mike Williams is tore his ACL. I think. Yeah, that's a shame. So he's done for a season. That is unfortunate. And <laughs> the truth is. Is on paper, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are great, and they got a great receiving core. And recent years, you know, Allen has been reliable, but I'd say a lot of them get injured. Like if you look back the past five years, I'd say him and Mike. There's been games where neither of them has played. There's been games where one of them has played, but there have been very few games where both of these receivers have played, and I think that's the difference. Now Waddle didn't play this past game, but every other game. Outside of that, it's pretty much been the Tyree Kill and the Jalen Waddle show. So I think they do have that going for them. And the the Chargers don't have that necessarily big, like super speedy guy. Now Mike Williams is big and Keenan Allen's big, and they got some speed to them, but it's not quite the same as this electric offense that the Dolphins have. That's true. It's a shame that Waddle couldn't have gotten in on that action. He had to sit on my fantasy football <laughs> bench with his injury while I had to face Tyreek Hill in fantasy. Everyone feasts except for Waddle. My my team, my fantasy team, has the second most points scored in my entire league, and I'm 0-3. That's rough. That's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I do have a quick question. Me and, me and a friend were debating this at lunch the other day. Is it time to put Raheem Mostert in the top 10 running backs? So so basically, uh, a buddy of mine, he's a, he's a big Mostert fan. He had him in fantasy a couple of years, so he, he so he's uh, a Mostert fan. And he was like, he was like Ben, like how many like Mostert's got to be like a top five running back, right? And I'm like, that's crazy. He's like at least top ten. And I was still like, that's crazy. He's like, all right, name me ten running backs better than Mostert. I got to like five that were definitively mm. better, and a couple that like might be better. That's crazy. But like. When you look at Mostert's track record, when healthy, he puts up great. I mean, he was great he's on baller. the Niners. He's 31 years old. Yeah. He was great on the Niners, got hurt, yeah. now is back, and putting up great numbers again. So, like, so this was my list, right? I said, like, McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Eckler, um, Saquon. Who, who are the other two? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Gotta be Nick Chubb. And um, there, there was definitely one more. Would you put Kamara above him? What about Aaron Jones? I, I didn't I, see like I didn't put either of them definitively above him. Okay. Like I, I, I would argue that they're better than him, but can you say definitively that they're better than him? Derrick Henry. He was the fifth one. Okay. Yeah. Here's something I'll say on behalf of Raheem Mostert. Since the NFL started tracking ball carrier speed, he in the same season, he has two of the fastest ball carrier speeds ever. He in two runs, two separate runs, I think it was a few years ago, his first year with the well, no, it might have been back with the 49ers. One of them was with the Dolphins, though. He had over 22 miles per hour. I don't even know if Tyreek Hill has had more than 22 miles per hour. So, yes, Tyreek Hill, I'd say, is the quicker player. But the way that 
Mostert can hit that home run speed. It's like no other running back can do right now. And I don't know if I put him top 10 just because he had one really good game and given they won 70 to 20. So Mostert had a, uh, so a Kane had a really good game as well. But it does raise a really good point is that he's a, such an underrated running back that when you say that, you're like, you know what? That's not as far-fetched as I thought it would be. But yet he's like the 50th running back taken in the fantasy football draft, if at all. I mean, is he really just... I don't know if we can really say it's just been one good game. I mean, yeah, he's the RB1 in fantasy. That's the true. The RB1. You don't do that I mean, with he, just mm-hmm. one good game. He did drop two touchdowns against the Pats, two on Sunday yeah. football. He's had a touchdown every game this year. Yeah. He had over 120 yards against the Pats. He's averaging a lot of yards per carry. Like, right, now, he's, right now, he's top 10. Yeah. But if you put in the discussion as, here's a bunch of running backs... Give me the top 10 guys you want if it's from like a scouting department. I think the Dolphins' offense is so electric, and you have guys like Tyree Kill and Waddle that you have to go, you have to defend the pass, which is opening up holes for Raheem Mostert. But do I think he's a top 10 talented running back in the NFL at 31 years old? Probably not. Okay, age aside. Oh, sorry, go, go for I, it. I was going to say, because of the, I think the age thing is a little. A little um, inaccurate, huh. just because it's like he is 31, but like even from his perspective, he said like he's been in and out of teams. He yes. hasn't been playing a whole lot his actual career, so like he's so I think fresh. it was like he's basically like a 25 year old in the 31 year old's body. Age aside, it's a good point. Mostert or Pollard right now? Pollard. I go Pollard. I, I think I take Mostert too. Mostert. I think I would. I, well, I don't know. Let it's, me put it this way. This season. Let me put it this way. If I'm the Miami Dolphins. There are not 10 running backs I'd rather have for my offense. I'm not even sure if there are five running backs I'd rather have for my offense. They, their team is all about the speed, and Mostert fits that perfectly. He fits the bill perfectly. I agree. But in a debate between Pollard and Mostert, where let's say you're just some random NFL team, I'm going to go Pollard. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's interesting. I think Throughout it's close. his career, Pollard has had really good yards per carry. I want to see what Mostert's yards per carry is because, you know, this could, if he puts up like five yards per carry, see, okay, dang, this might change something. <laughs> right now, he's averaging 5.9 yards per carry. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what I'm and through his career, he's averaging 5.4 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. But that is with a limited sample size, but it, it's, 500 it's, carries, it's which not is more limited really important. I would, it's a bigger sample size than Pollard's. He's been in the mm-hmm. league a lot longer. And he doesn't have that receiving upside no, that some of the other running backs have. That, that is fair. That is true. The receiving mm-hmm. upside is definitely But that's a really good question. Factor. Yeah, let me, let me look up Tony Pollard's stats here for a moment because I know we're going a little bit long, but this is something that's truly interesting, and I think the viewer is going <laughs> to really soak this up. It yeah, really, it really... Pollard, 572 carries, 2,880 rushing yards. Five yards per carry and 19 total rushing touchdowns. In 20, yeah, 2023 right now, he's only averaging 4.3 yards per carry. But the previous two years, he averaged 5.2 and 5.5 yards per carry. And in his rookie year, he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. So it's relatively similar. I'd be interested I think to see. Little, I think it's a little different, though, because they were also using him as the second back, yeah. whereas Mostert's the three-down back, so he's getting more work. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more impressive for Mostert to get that to get that average because he's he's working harder, whereas Pollard's getting thrown in at the right times to make those breaks. Yeah, in the past, yeah, this year obviously different. It's a good point. 
Yeah. It, it really depends on what team. Like if I'm if I'm the Chargers or like the the Vikings, a really pass heavy offense. I take yeah. Pollard, a guy that can be, be a good receiving back. Definitely. Whereas if you're um, you know a running team, I take Mostert. So I, I do understand where you're coming from on like it depends on the team. But I think yeah, it it, it really does. But I I think like. I guess the point I was trying to make is like preseason. If you would have asked me that, I would have said Pollard in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I would have said no matter what team I'm coming from, I'm <laughs> yeah. taking Pollard. Whereas now it's like there's a serious discussion to be had that Mostert is a top ten, maybe even higher running back in the NFL, and yeah. better than some of these guys that we were taking in the second round in fantasy. Like I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, if I just would like, why, why, why didn't I take why didn't I take Mostert at some point? But I, I never even would have thought about it until until now. And then the receiving comparison, I think Pollard. Has about a thousand receiving, thousand eighty-one receiving yards through his career, and I'm trying to find. Oh yeah, Mostert has six hundred forty-two receiving yards, so it's not as big as a difference as I thought. So if you look at these guys through their career, they're pretty comparable. Obviously, Pollard's has been the one to stay healthy longer. Mm-hmm. So if you take the injury prone and you put that into the discussion, that makes it easier for me. Because Pollard's been healthy his whole career, but if you if you're just taking a one game sample out of these guys, then again you could go Mostert. So that's what's really interesting about this debate is depending on the lens or the perspective that you view it on, you could generally make a case for Mostert. Raheem Mostert went in round thirteen in my fantasy league. Mm-hmm. Two picks before I took Tyler Higby. Who's no longer on my fantasy team? I dropped him too. I had Laporta. One pick after, I took Derek Carr, who is no longer on my fantasy team. Mm. If I just would have used one of those picks on Mostert, I'd be in so much. I better mean, place it makes right sense now. though because I mean, you also have Jeff Wilson, who isn't even in here yet, and mm. you had A Chain, who was you know X Factor. We didn't know what he was going to be like. Yeah. So you have three running backs on the same team. I mean, who would who would have thought yeah. that Mostert was going to be that lead guy doing what he's doing? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Do you want to talk, get another NFL game in here? Which which team you feeling, Evan? You you want to talk about you know my my gold old, old Jets, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Packers game. Which which game to you was the most interesting from this past weekend? I mean, I think I think the funniest one to me <laughs> is uh, the Cowboys game losing <laughs> to the Cardinals funny. after going what seventy to ten, scoring seventy and only letting ten points in two weeks. And losing to, to Josh Dobbs, I think that's pretty funny. This Cardinals team is better than we gave them credit for. It's definitely better. But they gave good a good battle to the Giants, who I don't think are as bad as people say they are. Now, that could be a debate for another time as well. <laughs> and the Commanders, they were hanging in there. Their defense was playing really good. But Joshua Dobbs wasn't even acclimated to the offense yet. So he's starting to get in his stride. And really shout out to Jonathan Gannon, I think their head coach, coordinator for the Eagles. He's done a fantastic job there. They haven't even had Kyler Murray playing a game yet. So this was a team that everyone thought would be the number one pick. Everyone was making fun of them. In fact, (laughs) you know what? Joshua Dobbs went into the Cardinals store to go buy himself a jersey of himself. And he looked on the online thing. And they had every single jersey except for like him and one other guy. He couldn't even buy his own jersey. So even the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> fan base is hating on Joshua Dobbs. And look what he did. Dang. How concerned are you about the Cowboys? You know, it's one week. And again, this team is as good Fraud. as Dak Prescott <laughs> wants. The, uh, well, not wants them. 
is able to take them. That's what I'll say. It's a quarterback-driven league. Prescott, if he plays amazing, they're going to win against almost any team. He missed a lot of opportunities in that game. So for me, this isn't time to hit the panic panic button because if I remember, Ben, last week you said, well, actually two weeks ago, you said the Cowboys are going to win the division. You stuck by that last week. And I said, you know what? I want to wait a few more weeks, see how the Cowboys respond because this is two weeks after, well, the previous two weeks, they beat the Jets and the Giants. So, and they did so in blowout fashion. So I'm not ready to hit the panic switch yet on the Cowboys. I think they're still a really good team. And for me, one week doesn't really change a lot. Just like when the Bills lost to the Jets. Like, yeah. that was just one of those games that was like, this isn't your typical game. You wouldn't expect your whole defensive game plan to go out the window after like four plays. I got no faith in Prescott. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, I think he, mm-hmm. too many turnovers, too many bad decisions. I just don't think he's the guy who's going to take them there. Mm-hmm. And they're just bad in the red zone. They yeah. just can't punch it in. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to watch. I think mm-hmm. that the Trayvon Diggs injury is going to hurt them as well, mm-hmm. for sure. It Definitely. Looked, it looked like, like Dobbs would not have been that comfortable with Diggs around, uh, lurking. Um, you know, yeah, I, I do agree, though. I, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. But it is, it is a level of concern that there you got to yeah. think about. For sure, for mm-hmm. sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Speaking of concern, yeah. how about Colorado this week? Fraudorado. <laughs> and you know what? They're going to lose by just as much this week to USC. Just it's as so much. so funny. And let me re- re-preface this. I am not, like, super bullish on the Colorado. Like, what I was saying last week, I'm just saying this Colorado team deserves some respect for their first two weeks. They deserve some respect. Six but and six. This week was rough. And there's just no denying. Even the biggest optimist in the room cannot be super optimistic about this performance. Given they need Travis Hunter. This dude, the Shohei Otani of the college football world, plays like 100 snaps, plays at a Heisman level on both sides. And they were lacking that. They were lacking a receiver. They were lacking any sort of defense against Oregon. So I think they're still going to lose if he plays... But I can easily see him scoring like 20 points and at least only losing by three scores. Now, am I panicking? Maybe a little bit because that just shows me how badly they need Travis Hunter more than anything else. We already knew this Colorado team had his holes. But what we didn't realize was how many of those holes were filled by Travis Hunter. Yeah, you know, if Travis Hunter plays, maybe they lose, you know, 38 to 10 instead of 42 to 6. But look, one guy, uh, he's not going to make that much of a difference. He's he's great and all, but they're, they're still going to get crushed. Oregon was a much, much better team. And, I, I, you know, I'm fully on board the 6-6 six and six train. It's still a major success. Don't get me wrong. They had one win last year. I'm not discrediting what they're doing. But the national attention they're getting is insane i had one of my buddies say i can't scroll three posts on instagram without seeing something about colorado or something about taylor swift and travis kelsey (laughs) and i'm like yes because everybody wants to talk about how good colorado is they're calling them america's team they're not america's team (laughs) well i mean they are because that's what the media wants them to be but they are I, I was I was let's just say i was very happy to see them fall out of the top 25 because i don't think they're a top 25 team and um i think 
I was worried that AP voters were going to be kind of clouded and still give them some votes. You can't after your team just you, you gets can't. demolished like that. You can't. Maryland is better than Colorado. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's bold, but I, I truly believe that Maryland is better. But the only problem is Maryland is in the Big Ten East, which has looked absolutely phenomenal so far this year. I, I saw a stat. I, I don't have it, but let, let me. The, the Big Ten East has only lost five games all season. They are 22-5. and five. That's impressive. And two of the losses, three, uh, I don't remember if it was two or three of the losses, are within the Big Ten East. That's crazy. Like, Indiana has a loss to Ohio State, and I forget what the other one is, and the other losses are to teams that are undefeated currently. The Big Ten East has been so unbelievably dominant, whereas the Big Ten West has been terrible. There are two. There are only three teams ranked from the Big Ten. They are two, four, and six, and they're all from the Big Ten East. And I'm going to be honest. I think Maryland should be ranked. I know that they're they're one of the first teams out. I think that they should be in that like 25 slot. Um, but yeah. speaking of those yeah. teams, we have Penn State dominating Iowa, big time showing for Drew Allard in that football team. We have Ohio State beating Notre Dame, which Ben is not super thrilled about. No, I, I, I will say I'm, I was actually rooting for Ohio State. Okay. Um, I, I went into that game hoping that Ohio State would win, but look beatable, and that's exactly what happened. They, they won, were looking, beatable. but they looked beatable. You know, the, Notre Dame only had ten men <laughs> on the field for that last run, and I saw something. I don't know how true this is that someone was supposed to the, the guy that they were missing was supposed to be in that hole where the Ohio State running back ran in the last touchdown for. I don't know for sure if that's true, but that game could have been going either way. So not only did Ohio State look beatable, but they still won. So it still sets up that top five matchup, Penn State Ohio State, which I'm very much looking forward to. I want to be the team that beats Ohio State, um, but I'm glad that they looked it's beatable. Been a long time, Michigan though. Did not look super beatable. They played really good. J.J. McCarthy doing his thing again. But yeah, to your point, it's like that final drive, there were so many opportunities for Notre Dame to win that game. And if you ask me, in some ways, Notre Dame beat themselves because they built up that lead. They played amazing defense the entire game. And then that final drive, you saw Ohio State getting bailed out time and time again. There was literally a ball that went right through the defender's hands. He picks that off, which most cornerbacks would, that's game over. Again, you have 10 players on the on the field. He barely scores. So time runs out if he doesn't score that touchdown. It's three seconds on the clock. If they had 11 guys, they might have been able to stop it. And then there was a fourth and nine. It was like a fourth and 19 or something crazy and a third and 18. They found a way to somehow convert. It was pretty crazy. And so... Yeah, if you're a Penn State fan, like Ben and I are, this is a really good time to be a fan because not only does their quarterback look legit, but Ohio State does not look super legit. Saturday I had, uh, well, okay. Well, I don't th- maybe, I think it's... No, they're, they're, they're legit. Notre Dame is a very good football yeah, team. Yeah, and it was at Notre Dame. And they were missing some guys, but to your point... I should say they're not unbeatable. I left Saturday feeling good. We we had uh, the Penn State game on one TV and the Ohio State game on the other TV right next to each other, and I left feeling very good. I didn't have to stress about the Penn State game. Penn State ran more plays than Iowa had yards. The defense That's what I'm talking about. was ridiculously good. 
So good. And Drew Aller, you look at the box score, nothing special, but he was so in control of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that worries about me about Penn State is that we still don't have that big play offense. We have the least amount of plays in all of the big in the in the whole Big Ten of plays twenty plus yards. That makes me a little nervous. Those are the plays that really open you up, and those are, they're going to have to come if we're going to beat Ohio State and Michigan. But we are also the only team in the country that has not turned the ball over once this year. Four games in, not a single turnover. So like, we've played good defenses. Iowa has a good defense. Illinois has an above-average defense, and we haven't turned the ball. J.J. McCarthy threw three picks against Bowling Green. We haven't had one turnover yet. I, I'm in love with this team. It's it's so fun to watch, and I'm so optimistic. Yeah, I completely forgot what I was about to say. But <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I went on a little long-winded it, there. It, it's all right, but yeah, to your point, they're looking good. But let's get back to some NFL news and... Derek Carr went down this week is really unfortunate. Mm. And I legitimately texted Ben because last week I was all about the Saints. I said, how about them Saints? And within 30 seconds of me seeing that, saying that, Derek Carr goes down and the Packers go on to score 18 consecutive points and go on to win the game. Mm. And it's unfortunate because Jameis Winston did his job. He <laughs> led them down into field goal range. And they missed. They couldn't score any points after Derek Carr. And it's really unfortunate. But to the Saints' credits, with Derek Carr and that defense, they look like a really good football team because the Packers are a decent football team. I'm not saying they're an amazing football team, but they're a decent football team. So for the Saints to be up 17-0 against the Packers, which are a decent team, it's a pretty impressive. And if Hopefully, this Derek Carr issue proves not to be a big deal. Otherwise, we couldn't be in trouble. But if he comes back, I'm liking the Saints team still, especially with Alvin Kamara coming back from suspension. That's true. Did we ask this? Evan, who do you like more, Raheem Mostert or Alvin Kamara? Or did we ask that already? No. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's a, t- that's a tough one. I mean, Alvin Kamara, I mean, historically, has been a really, really solid running back. Um, I've personally been a huge Camara fan. Um, I love his passing capabilities. I mean, I remember his sixth touchdown game a couple years ago. I mean, that was. I weird. had him in the fantasy football championship <laughs> mm. when he did that. That was of the best feeling ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Camara, but I also love Moster right now. So I don't know. It might have to be a 50 50 split for me. I don't know if I can actually mm. definitively tell you. I'm, I'm super excited. I know Jamal Williams was for this team, not because I'm not that I'm a Saints fan, but I know that. Jamal Williams was injured a little bit. So if they get like Williams healthy and now they got Kamara and they get Carr, this team at full strength is going to be good. But I've already talked about him so much. So <laughs> so let's move on to some other football stuff. And let's go back to the Chargers and Vikings game. Mm. Do you have any observations about about that, Evan? Is it time to fully panic on the Vikings now that they're 0-3. Is this like almost like season over for the Vikings? Because they've been in close games. They just haven't been able to finish this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's poetic how they're always losing in one-score games um, <laughs> and always getting it super close. Um, I I would say they're easily the, the best 0-3 team out there. I mean, they are a really solid team. But, I mean, getting the job done at the end of the day is what you need to do in this league, and the fact that they haven't done it three weeks in a row... 
I think that's concerning. I don't know if I'd say it's you know cause for concern. I mean, the Lions were what one and six last year and almost made it to the they playoffs. Almost, I think they were one a little seven. bit better, a little bit better than that. But to your point, whatever it was, they were having a rough season and came back. Like I know the Vikings have the talent to do it. Um, and they have that perseverance and tenacity, um, especially with Kirk Cousins. I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan. Love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it definitely is cause for concern uh, losing 0-3. I mean, it's tough. Good teams, mm-hmm. but still tough. I feel really bad for Kirk Cousins. I feel like he he gives it his all every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I, I stand by it. Like, statistically speaking, just looking at stats, Kirk Cousins has been the best quarterback in the NFL this year. I mean, he leads yeah, the league in yards. He does. He leads the league in touchdowns. He has only thrown um, two picks. He's fumbled a few, though. Yeah. But I think that offensive line is just so bad. That yeah. line, it, it, he really doesn't have much choice when you're getting hit as much as he has. It's true. Um, I still think that they'll be a good team. I still think they'll they'll bounce back. I but agree. It, it's it's a shame. And um, shout out to the Chargers for pulling out a gritty win to potentially save their season. I'm true. looking at some stats right now because I love me some stats. <laughs> How many teams have made the NFL playoffs after an 0-3 start? I'm not sure if I believe that, but since 1966. The Super Bowl era, only six NFL teams that have started 0-3 have made the playoffs. Those teams wow. include the 1981 New York JETS, 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 finishing <laughs> 10-5-1 to make the wild card. The 1992 San Diego Chargers, who went 11-2 and the rest of the season. 1995 Lions, 98 Bills, and the 2018 Texans, believe it or not, who finished 11-5. and hmm. But... Hmm. Take six teams, and There's how many teams. how many zero and three teams have there been in the history of NFL? I at least since nineteen sixty six, I'd be willing to wager it's been like hundreds of teams. It's at least a hundred teams. So if you're giving me at best, and it's got to be more than hundred, at best six out of one hundred is six percent chance. I know this Vikings team has potential, but this is not a playoff team. I think it's officially time to say siren are to the twenty twenty three Vikings. I don't know about to say cyan. No, yeah, I don't know about that. Crazy things. Have, I, I still hey, think that's my hot take. Talent. I still think they have enough <laughs> hot talent. Um, Let's look at you want you want to look at their schedule quick. I can. They got the Panthers, but then they got the okay. They did. So they got the some Eagles. winnable games. They got some winnable games. They should have really beat the Bucks. That was the big one. That's true. They got the Panthers. I think they'll win that game. They got the Chiefs. I think they'll lose that game. So then they fall the one and four, which is dangerous. But they have the Bills. So let's say two and four. They have the 49ers and the Packers. You think they beat the Bills? The Bears. Oh, the Bears. Oh, They're okay. going to win that game. Yeah, yeah, No offense, Luke Wilson. <laughs> the next two games, they have the 49ers and Packers. So we're looking at a 2-4 and four start. Let's say we'll be generous. We'll give them one win out of those two games, which I don't think they have any chance against the 49ers. But assuming they beat the Packers, they're a 3-5 and five football team. Then they play the Falcons, the Saints. I think they win one of those games. I think they win both. 4-6. and six. I mean, maybe, I, maybe. I give, give them over Packers or okay. Saints. So so best case scenario, we're looking at 5-5. Five and five. This is where they can turn the season around. They got the Broncos, the Bears, and the Raiders. So if all goes according to plan, they're 8-5. Yeah, they go five. three straight. Then they got the Bengals and the Lions. Depends where the Bengals are at that point. That's, yeah. that's I a think, huge I question. think they lose both of those games. So that could be open interpretation. And yeah. then they got the Packers and the Lions. So even if best case scenario, 
They're eight and five at that point. They still got to beat one of those final four teams, mm-hmm. and that's basically best case scenario big coin so there are a lot of 50 50 games now if everything goes in the right direction i think they can be a really good football team but if they're not beating the buccaneers then they're gonna lose at least one game to the packers in my opinion i i i agree but also that week the week one games kind of have to be taken with a grain of salt because teams are still figuring stuff out they lost alvin cook they're trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what madison is going to do in this offense being you know the Mm -hmm. lead back uh lost some key defensive guys they're figuring out where people are going to stick so, I, I mean, I don't know. They they had a they had a good good game against the Eagles. I mean, a lot of turnovers, but I mean, they lost with them one score. I mean, last week lost with them one score. Definitely two winnable games against pretty decent teams. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't I don't think I'd say goodbye just yet, but definitely rough if they lose. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, coming soon. I heard a thing. Someone says the preseason is like grown men playing football in their underwear. It doesn't count. So you do definitely see some fine tuning of the football skills. So. I'll give you that, but for me right now, being a stats guy, I'm almost ruling it out. Pretty much there. That's fair. Some other football news. Texans beat the Jaguars. That's nine out of the last meet- 10 meetings yeah, Texans what? have beaten the Jaguars. Now that's going to blow a statistician's mind. The Colts beat the Ravens in overtime. How about Gardner Minshew? Let's go. But because, because we're at 55 minutes and I want to wrap it up here shortly, I want to talk about the Jets and the Patriots. Now, I know you guys might not want to talk about it, <laughs> but, you know, it, if I have any Jets fans listening to this podcast, I'd be doing myself a disservice. Are there any other Jets fans out there? I, I thought you were the I only think, I think you're the last one. Jorge is a... I, mm. I heard they all left when when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> if you know anything about Jets players, Jets fans, you know we're, we're more loyal than that. All 14 of them? the 14 that are remaining yeah, we are yeah. loyal <laughs> yeah that's uh-huh. good and just like i hope if there's a just fan watching this podcast they're loyal and they're <laughs> coming back and so about the new york jets they decide they well first off the game the patriots are essentially handing them that game if you tell me that the defense lets up 13 points and the jets find a way to lose i'd say even for zach wilson i think that's a manageable win but yes, they let up 13 points. Now, given two points were a safety, so that took their final score up to 15. But they played really good. And man, that offensive line for the Jets, Zach Wilson was looking terrible. Through like 14, he was like 14 of 128 uh, for like 120 yards or something like that. Like, that's not an NFL quarterback. And the funniest thing about it is we go out and who do we sign? Trevor Simeon. He's, he's so good. He's, Trevor, he's the best. I'm like, I would have honestly taken Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz over Zach Wilson. But Trevor Simeon is one of those guys that I don't think is better than, than Zach Wilson, if he's even better than Tim Boyle. <laughs> he's got he's got to be better than Zach Wilson. Anyone's <laughs> got to be better than Zach Wilson. I, I but think anyone's better than Zach Robert Saleh is riding by Zach Wilson a little bit too much, putting his reputation on the line. That defense is getting frustrated. Guys are getting upset on the sidelines. This is not a good time to be a New York Jets fan. Like, nope. they're like, well, hey, the Jets got a new quarterback. I'm like, who is it? And it's like Trevor Simeon. I'm like, well, okay. When, <laughs> when, when is the last time it's been a good time to be a, a Jets fan? The first four plays mm-hmm. of this year? <laughs> I think. Well, actually, let me let me give you a I stat. I think uh, year three of the NFL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go name it. <laughs> <laughs> let me give you a stat right here. The Jets have not beaten the Patriots the last 15 times. 
So that goes back seven and a half years. The last time we beat the Patriots in regulation, I'm pretty sure it was a 2008 playoff oh, no. game. Oh, it was. No. It was either. It might have been 2010. Well, was, maybe was a little better. Your quarterback then? When we won in an overtime, Fitzpatrick was our Fitzpatrick. quarterback. <laughs> when we won in regulation, Mark Sanchez was our oh, quarterback. My, my fumble. <laughs> so it's been 2,828 days since this Sunday. That the Jets have beaten the Patriots. So do a little bit of math. 29, 30, 2,831 days. I might have to go in my room, get a dry erase marker, and just start like adding a number each each time they, each time a day goes by that the Jets don't beat the Patriots. Because right now it's looking inevitable. You know, get, give me current Mark Sanchez over Zach Wilson at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even controversial. That's oh, like a yeah. fact. Yeah, oh, <laughs> give me Sam Darnold. Give me Teddy Bridgewater. We'll take give Peyton me Josh Manning. McCown. Give me Ryan Fitzpatrick. Don't give me Hackenberg. I want no Hackenberg. part of Hackenberg. That's think, the only guy I'll give. I think Tony Romo could still suit up. Get it, get him from the <laughs> from the announcer's box. Yeah. I like that. Get RG three on there. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Colin, Colin, Ka- Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick wrote a letter to the general manager. To mention that he said, "I just want to lead the practice squad. That's all I want to do." He's like, "I Dang. just want to give the defense a chance to get better, and you can evaluate me while I'm on the practice squad." Unlike all these other guys, I might be old. I might be 34 years old, but I've kept the same regimen since I've left the NFL. I work out every day. I do this, 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 yada, yada, yada. Like, come on, just give a guy a shot. Like, that's we a, that's a good question. New York is like, anything's better than is, is dead right now. So we at least need a distraction. Like, it doesn't even have to be a good distraction, but just give us like a sliver <laughs> of hope. Like, if there's a one percent chance that Colin Kaepernick's going to be good, give New York Jets fans one percent chance because that's right now that's all we're holding on to. Hey, I think there's like a I think there's like a fifty percent chance that Trevor Simeon saves the season. So I hey, I think that was a good signing. Good <laughs> signing for sure. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I, 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 <laughs> you know, I, I can't really keep a straight face. I don't know much about <laughs> Trevor Simeon, to be honest with you. I remember him on the Broncos a little bit, but I remember when the Dolphins played him in New Orleans. Oh yeah. Uh, he I think he threw three picks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well it's that's still, still better than still Zach better Wilson than Zach would Wilson. do. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's come to the time of the episode. Would you agree, Ben? I would agree. Well, Evan has to give the sauce chain out. So, Evan, the floor is yours. As much as I don't want to boost his ego, I feel like you've just had some really awful but hot takes uh, today. So I'm going to have to give it to Justin here. Oh, wow. Did you I, say awful? I don't, I don't like your takes, but they're hot this takes. This is the hot take artist. So I got, I got to give it to Justin right, thank you, today. I agree more back with what Ben back. was saying, especially mm-hmm. with the Mostert stuff. We're on the same page mm-hmm. there. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I got to give it to Justin, even though I might not agree. They're hot right. takes. Fair enough, fair enough. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it. Ben won the first two last year. I won the first two this year. We got mm. ourselves quite a rivalry. But <laughs> we, we've enjoyed having you on the podcast, Evan. Yeah, it was great. You have anything to say, Ben? Hey, just... Go, go Dolphins, I guess. Go Fins. Fins up. Uh-huh. Huh? <laughs> Fins I need, up. I need Waddle to do well for my fantasy team, so I'll be rooting for him. There you go. Maybe you'll be 1-3 and three after this week. Oh, I hope. Yeah, we're, we're up in great. Buffalo. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be, good test. Good test be, for be sure. Be a good game for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. All right. Evan, want to close this out? Yeah. Or you got anything yeah, to say? you have any wise oh. words? Wise words we... of wisdom. Um, I mean, here's a tip for you. Um, Use an umbrella while it's raining. There you go. Yeah. There wait, you let's go do, wait, let's do. Let's do. Uh, use the umbrellas while it's raining at three. One, two, three. 
Use the umbrella. What? Hopefully it's gonna be raining. Yeah. Hopefully it's gonna be raining W's for for uh, Penn State these next few weeks. You just okay. ruined the outro. Thanks for that, Ben. <laughs> all right. We will see you all next week. This has been the Hot Take Artist. Peace out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.